for a musical conversation with substance inclusive with hosts just like you well we have you covered welcome to the music challenge podcast sit back and relax i'm andrew with jake kevin and rob and we're sharing our favorite top shelf albums come for the music and stay for the conversation and welcome to the music challenge podcast my name is andrew and i'm here with my panel for the podcast rob hey guys and Kevin. Hello, everybody. What's up? And tonight we are discussing uh, some good old fashioned, not old fashioned at all, some progressive country Americana uh, yeah. that is uh, has come out in the last 10 years. What this is, is uh, not your grandfather's country. This is country built for the you generation, which is you, uh, which is namely the people we are talking to. Uh, I know from my demographic studies. Um, right. Gen Xers. That's a lot of us. Um, but in any case, J- Jason Isbell, Southeastern is what we are talking about tonight. And we just came in on the song Stockholm, uh, which we will be discussing in a little bit. And, uh, we should mention that Jed is not here tonight. Uh, Jed is, uh, slinging brews at a local distillery. And uh, yeah, so uh, we're in the Missing Jed formation, and uh, so it's just going to be me, Kevin, and Rob talking we're to you. We're pouring one out for Jed. Yeah, we are. On the curb, brother. We miss you. Yeah. Uh, so um, anyway, Rob, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. Um, good. What's been going on with uh, you? Just chilling working um and uh went and saw i guess since we since we talked i think yeah since we talked i went and saw a show at empty bottle and i should have seen one the weekend before and i couldn't get out it was horrible i really wanted to go but i ended up catching this one a couple saturdays ago oozing wound i think it was called ooze fest and they're just wild but the experience of the whole thing was amazing talked to this dude for about five minutes who's a member of Losing Moon about uh, Riley Walker, who we've discussed in love, uh, which was really interesting. Um, went with two great friends. Um, and that's about it, man. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I've seen I some mean, of that music. Yeah. Trying to, at least. Um, and trying to get, I guess, prepare myself for the cold weather. Although I do love the fall, it's amazing. You know, right. uh, anyway. I guess it's anyway. supposed to get cold quick, but yes. by the time you listen I, to this, it's going to be around Thanksgiving time. Uh, it's, it's probably going to be a foot of snow on the ground. Probably. What about you? What about you, Kevin? Um, it was acoustic guitar week around the house. Um, got to go see a few shows or a couple of shows, um, a few acts, but um, got to see William Tyler and Marissa Anderson play. Um, Amazing. They were so good. Um, acoustic, electric, um, alternating, and that was really good. And Doug McCombs from Tortoise opened. He did a solo set that was kind of out there and cool and weird um, in that Doug McCombs Tortoise kind of way. So that was fun. And then uh, Sunday night, I went to space and had the front table, which was awesome. And, so and who had- did you see? Yasmin Williams, um, who is now nominated for like a buttload of Grammys. Like um, she is a young guitar player who plays uh, kind of a lap tap style guitar. Um, She plays the fret, beats the hell out of it with hammers and just sounds amazing. And it's pastoral, um, open tuning. Um, 
really cool okay. stuff. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and then Eli Winter opened, who is a Chicago based um, acoustic guitar player who has played just like a protege of Riley's um, who's okay. been around for a while and he just released an album and that was a really great opening act. So yeah, a lot of guitar <laughs> stuff um, that kind of dovetails into today's uh, album actually. Right. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, which is um this album was my choice. Um, this is one that I think... Um, Say what it is again. Yeah, it's Southeastern by Jason Isbell. It was released in uh, summer of 2013. So it's uh, it, uh, our time now. It's a little over eight, eight years, years old. old. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's had some time to mature. And it certainly has held up over that period um, as... Um, kind of a great introduction to this artist's work. Um, Jason Isbell, for those of you who don't know, is a guitar player who started out originally in the band, the Drive-By Truckers. He was part of that kind of three-headed hydra of songwriters with Patterson Hood and Mike Cooley. Um, and he wrote some great songs for them, Outfit, Decoration Day. Um, but he was a functioning alcoholic and uh, barely functioning for a while. And so right. they just kind of parted ways as a band. And his solo career early before Southeastern had some moments. Um, I would urge all of you to check out the song Alabama, uh, Alabama Pines. And Dress Blues was covered by Zach Brown. Um, that was also kind of done early in his career. Um, and here we rest. Um and so in, by the time this album came out, he had already kind of cleaned himself up. So basically um, this was a guy that would drink to the point of saying, I need to quit. And his girlfriend at the time, who was a uh, violin player um, and ultimately became his wife, um, Amanda Shires, said, all right. And so she called up some of his friends. Um, and, uh, one of them was Ryan Adams of all people. Um, Ironic. Yeah. Um, and so basically he got into rehab and, um, f for the past, hey, it's gotta be eight, nine, eight, nine years. I don't know. Something um, like that. Yeah. Yeah. He's basically, um, been a sober musician who has taken, um, kind of taken that, um, and really risen to the top of his game. Um, I think even at this point in time in 2013, he had shown that really nobody was doing it better than him. Um, and, and it, and it obviously, it held him back at least I feel, and you know how I feel about all this stuff, but, I, and I think maybe he realized that too. And it held him back in his creativity and songwriting because this is amazing. And it's what, like three or four into his solo career. Right. Like, so this album, you know, upon the first strums, right. Like upon the first yes. strums, when you hit play, you know, um, comes the song Cover Me Up, right. which is an incredibly vulnerable song. A heart on the run Keeps a hand on the gun You can't trust anyone I was so sure what I needed was more Tried to shoot out the sun and I, and I mean, it's so amazing And like you said, it opens with that And I'm all about like music that makes me feel an emotion Whatever it may be, you know But that's my, that's a mark for me of good songwriting When it makes me feel something, right? And that song, right in the get-go First time I listened to this record I was like, this is going to be something. I mean, it's got some fucking power in its feeling, if you know what I mean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the first minute of the song is jarring in its vulnerability yes. and simplicity. And then when that slide kicks in, 
so good. Yeah, it just, it kind of gives you some depth, but it's still, at the end of the day, it's a naked song. You know, it's raw and full of emotion. And, you know, I I don't know. I've seen this guy in concert now probably uh, seven, eight times at least. Um, and every time that line um, comes in, um, you know, I sobered up. I swore off that swore stuff off that forever stuff. this time. It's and, a cool fucking thing when that when he says that, isn't it? Well, the people. It's always so funny to me because the people cheering that line the loudest are always holding full tankards of beer. In oh room. yeah, absolutely. And it's um, you know, God bless them. I mean, like I said, this album, um, just the the album opener. Um, I don't know the song. It it really, it really hits you um, and kind of lets you know where where he's at at this point in time. Oh, totally. And it's a little bit foreshadowing of what. And all of them aren't like you know depressing, but you know minor chord or whatever tunes. But um, there's a few of them, and this one is I don't know, like Kevin. It's like almost gut wrenching, right? It, it's in <laughs> Kevin talked about that line being sent a song live and I've seen him twice. And the first time I heard him sing that tune, I was like four feet from the bar, right? Number one, I had two beers in my hand and I had no idea that was going to go down. And I was like, man, that was fucking cool. And that was just a solo acoustic show with him. That was at Thalia Hall. I'm positive you were there. No, I missed that one. It was like a benefit or something like that. Yeah. 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 I think it was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, um, I don't know. It's a great way to start an album and it's definitely, it's, you know, it kind of lets you know he means business. With it is. Oh, yeah. He definitely lays down the line vocally and mm-hmm. it, it's good to hear that right away. I mean, it's definitely right away, not a lightweight songwriting album. Right. I mean, it's, you're right. It means business. Indeed. Go ahead. No, it's okay, Rob. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I was going to cut you off there. Sorry, Kev. Um, so where are we going next, Kev? Are, are we going to... Well, I mean, yeah, you know, the next song, it, it kind of just, it takes kind of a sharp right turn, uh, <laughs> you know, in tone, right? And so... totally right after you've got this kind of raw emotive naked thing um he reminds you hey man i you know i still play electric guitar from from the south and so well you know right like so basically this song you know it's um it, it's got that great uh, duet with amanda um dude those those you know, harmonies know. it's fucking awesome like when they sing together and i didn't know because i was as i was listening to it on headphones i didn't know i was thinking it was amanda but i wasn't sure it was and i was going to ask you that so obviously you just confirmed that but they sound like fucking peanut butter and jelly together dude they do yeah they sound really nice together right i mean there's a chemistry that goes on there that um yeah, I mean, that kind of just goes right into that next song, um, Traveling Alone, right? Like, Which is amazing. And this song played live can be done with just the two of them as a duet with him on acoustic mm-hmm. and her on violin. And I mean, I don't know. This song is like, there's so much depth to it. Um, you know, it's so tired and so weary. Again, he like makes you feel, and that's another thing about Isbell and Kevin and I have had many conversations, texts, whatever about mm-hmm. this. He's, I mean, he's one of the finest poets, just pure poets, song lyricist 
that I've ever listened to. And am I right in saying that he graduated from college with like a, with like a, with like a creative writing degree or something like that. And he did it or he, or at least he took those classes, but he, I swear that I've read that before and he did it strictly to be a better songsmith. Like it was Mm. like, he, like he knew he was going to, be writing songs for a living and he's like well i better brush up on my english and my in my literature it was like english lit or something creative writing i swear it was yeah right on i don't don't i didn't uh i didn't know that but it wouldn't surprise me you know um like the guy reads dostoevsky and uh <laughs> right you know for, he for he is it he is a also a music encyclopedia. He's a great follow on Twitter. He's hysterical, um, and he's super freaking intelligent, right? And and hella self deprecating. Like he's if you thought about it, he's done it for Christ's sake, you know. And he doesn't. He's all about like kind of being an open book about that shit. Um, he's a, he seems like a great freaking dude, right? Indeed. Indeed. So uh, what'd you think of this song, Andrew? Traveling Alone, the weepy violin and kind of that Lonely Road song. Uh, I um, liked it well enough. Um, you know, it had a nice fly guitar in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had a very lonely feel to it, which it was uh, kind of cool. And uh, yeah. quite obviously a traveling song, you know. Like, like a one-lane highway kind of tune, like in the middle of Utah yep. or something. That's what it feels like. Yeah. 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 Like driving at night in the snow and yeah, just kind of. Yep. Why am I doing this? Right. Yeah. Kind of like, like good go montage ahead. music for a montage music for a, for a long a drive or something like that. Yeah. No doubt. Well, and even as weepy as it is, you know, there's hope at the end of it. It's like the guy found his home. You know, right. he's finally kind of like he found his person. He found his his place. Like there's, I don't know, there's some hope in it too. As weepy and lonely as it is, um, it's a cool ending in that song. Guy, guy yeah, is a sure. story. The guy's a storyteller, and there's a few of them out there. Um, one of them is going to be retired for the next couple of years, but he is he is a storyteller poet, just an amazing dude, songwriter. So then, what do we got after that? Elephant. <laughs> I want to hear your impressions upon hearing this song for the first time, Andrew. Me? Yeah. Uh, I I uh, I almost choked up, dude. Uh, yeah. I almost completely uh, was just like, did he just? And I'll tell you why. Um, there was, I mean, maybe it's obvious which line got me, but why it got me is probably right. not so obvious. Um. Uh, well, the, the song is obviously a uh, man and a woman. Woman is dying of uh, what seems to be revealed as cancer. Correct. Um, mm-hmm. She's slipping away. And uh, while he loves her, there's really not much he can do about it. Um, but the line was, so I guess for full disclosure, and I've disclosed this before on the Music Challenge podcast, but my daughter has cancer. My daughter has leukemia. And uh, she's actually, she's doing fine. I'll say that much right now. Uh, you know, before uh, anyone gets overly concerned, she's doing really well. Uh, but my daughter makes jokes about cancer constantly, all the time. And the line is, uh, when she got drunk, she made jokes about cancer at the bar. Right, right. And, uh, um, but my daughter makes jokes about cancer all the time and about her cancer. And like, for example, uh, I'll get mad at her or something and tell her to quit doing something. And she'll say something like, it's the cancer, isn't it? <laughs> I know it sounds grim and sounds gory. She was drunk, she made cancer jokes. Made up her own doctor's notes Surrounded by her family I saw that she was dying alone But I'd sing her a classic country songs And she'd get high and sing along She don't have a voice to sing with me. People, people 
people comfort themselves in making light of something that's pretty heavy, dude. And right. I mean, that's where stand up comedy comes from. In like, obviously, I don't right. know, man, that's heavy shit, dude. And that's how heavy this song is. Right. Well, like, yeah. It, and therein lies the genius of Jason Isbell, right? Yes. To be able yes. to speak in the universality of like, yes, you know, Andrew, you and every other parent or every other loved Friend one of, of right. someone who's been going through a battle like that. Right. And, you know, the thing about this song is the, these two people aren't lovers. They're like a couple of bar flies. They're just right. friends. You know, they're just the people at the bar together at the end of the night. Cause they got nothing else going on. They're but, not, but, this but is they've not been a doing it for relationship. Right. right. But and, they've been doing it for 20 years and they know each other exactly. better than, you know, right. Right. And so that's the, like, that's the beauty of this song is, is the kind of the, the universality in that, in that these and are like, you know, uh, this is not I'm, like the heart being torn away. These are two people that, you know, are, had some distance, but the, 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 the cancer brought them together. Brought them the together. bar brought them together. The experiences of being there at the end of the night the brought them alcoholism together. Alcoholism brought them together. Right. Right. Like you know? all of it, you know, in this way, that's like so beautifully told. Yeah. by him in a way that like, you know, I, I, I gotta be honest with you, Andrew, he's got other songs that make, that make you do this. They're, he's that good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, he's, there, there <laughs> like he's parts, that good. There were other parts of this that like made me face parts of my humanity that I didn't want to face. Sure. Yeah. And, yeah. And, you know, and, and I kind of, uh, some things I would kind of shift to the side. Other things would be like, oh, I don't want to think about that right now. Sure. And, you know, without getting, you know, too horribly truthful on the Music Challenge podcast. Right. But, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, these are base modern concepts that afflict. Right. Uh, in yeah. Directly or indirectly, almost everyone in society. Yeah. And so my, and I just had to say something about this because this is the very song in um, Cover Me Up. The first tune obviously caught me, but Kevin introduced me to this record and with some prodding because this was my entry into like a little bit heavier country um, Americana or singer songwriter. And I kind of pushed back about it for quite some time. But Jason fucking Isabel is the one that broke me through and a world of beautiful music has been exposed to me by Kevin. And this was one of the early ones where he was like, you need to fucking listen to this. Him and a buddy of ours who each of them know named Tim, but um, they drilled it into me and I listened to it. And I, the first time a song caught me by Isabel was this tune. And I remember exactly where I was. I was in my ma's house in my old bedroom and I started fucking tearing up. I'm like, dude, this guy is amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, he's a, he's an American goddamn music writing treasure. Y'all need to check him out if you don't know him. Yeah. The, what he like, it, it's crazy to me that, like he wrote this song, whatever, eight years ago. And then he's, you know, he's written other songs that have kind of topped this one on some level um, for me anyway, you know, and everybody's got their own connection sure. to songs, but right. you know, like, yeah, I've like, I've cried in like listening to this song before, um, you know, and, and others by him just because he kind of forces you to, go to places to self-examine or whatever. Yeah, I mean, just to like, kind of, you know, those places exist in all of us. And absolutely. a lot of us do a lot to pretend they don't exist or to kind of push them away. Sure. And music like this challenges you in the sense that it, it kind of, yeah, it might force you to deal with some of those feelings or at least those thoughts. And I think that, you know, to God me, it's, thera it's therapeutic. And that's like part of what comforted me with music early on is that like 
that kind of raw feeling. Uh, dude, I cried twice the first time I saw this dude live, for Christ's sake. Like, it's just moving, man. And it, uh, I don't know. In this song... Yeah. There's something to be said. Yeah. Right. There's something to be said for like music that can kind of like you feel that you feel emotional connection to whatever it is. It could be joy, right? Like it could be rage, whatever, whatever that emotional connection is like, um, it's the great ones that bring it out. And absolutely, you know, this is my, this is my exhibit a, if I'm making the case that he's, you know, the best songwriter of this generation of any genre, this would be the song I would first pull out before sure. a couple others, but sure. yeah, this would be it. And in, in, in like, that's something I noticed too, when I listen to him on headphones is he picks the right words. It like, Almost like Jimmy Herring plays the note that I would play if I could play like Jimmy Herring, right? Mm-hmm. This dude selects the lyric that I would select if I could write a fucking song lyric. You know what I'm saying? Well, and what's so interesting to me is like, you know, I think about how his songwriting was influenced by people like John Prine, who was the sure. OG master of playing oh, yeah. language, just taking your heart, ripping it out, showing it to you and putting it back in and talking about by the time talking the song's about over, right? Song, yeah, talking about songs that make you feel Jesus Christ. Well, I mean, like if listen to the song Hello in there, like this song is on that level. Sure. Like it's that good. Like in Hello in there is one of the greatest songs ever written, like hands down. It's because it's the song that can make you just cry at a moment's right. notice, right. you know, in a way that's like, oh my God, you know, and my God, if you haven't heard Hello in there by John Prine, keep the Kleenex handy. But yeah, it's like, this is that kind of song in that like the universality of it can create such a strong and deep emotional connection for you that, you know, it's, um, it can be a pretty powerful thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, so after, after the kind of, uh, sorry for the heavy, heavy combo. Yeah, well, and after that, you know, they got to crank up the, the Southern rock machine. Again, right. right. And so, yeah. Flying over water. Um, you know, I love it, this fucking tune. I do. And it's, yeah. th- this is, <clears throat> this is what I wanted to discuss with you, Drew, is it's like, and I get it. Like it's formulaic and spots like power chords, nothing complicated, but there's some great kind of gaudy kick-ass tone in. That's another thing about Isabel is he is a great um, selector of, excuse me, I had to take a, drink. <laughs> a great, a great, sorry, I had to take a drink. Great selector of like vintage and badass freaking boutique equipment. It like sounds like a Telecaster, knows, right? It's, I, I think you're right. That like real kind of like thin kind of, it's just, it's great. But, um, but there's some awesome, like gaudy Southern rock guitar solos and it, and the lyrics in his vocals just bring it all together. Like I'm, I'm listening to what the fuck he's putting down on this tune. It's fucking cool. Yeah. I mean, this one brings down the house live. It's, you know, it's kind of that like anthem power chord. Like you said, it's that, right. Like, you know, it's yeah, simple, it's, but yeah. it's fucking cool and a great guitar tone. And like Jason Isbell knows that he can play stuff way more complicated than this, but it's fu- It goes well together. And then some of those guitar solos have to be him, right? Cause he's a hell of a good guitarist on this album. Yes. And then the live stuff, um, you know, his he's guitar player, right. Sadler, Sadler Vaden gets the, uh, a lot of the stunt guitar stuff, but yeah, right, I right. mean, it's, this is a fun one live, you know, um, it, it just kind of, I don't know. It's good Southern rock. Right. 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 Yeah. Right. On. I mean, it, and as progressive as country as this is, it still does conform to some of the norms of country. Like it, totally. It, it is still part of that genre. I'm going right. to push back right. on country. I think this, this, what you call this is the intersection of rock folk and country. And then that would be Americana. Like, I, I don't think I, this is yeah, like, it's the, get, it incorporates all of those 
elements of all three of those genres, I think. Sure. You know, because and I guess my point was on this last song, it, it definitely inhabits some of the norms of country. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's other things involved going in and going on, but, you know, like the kind of played out shredding chords or, you know, or where he's playing the individual right. notes of the chords, you know, that's pretty country instead of as opposed to doing a heavy totally. strum of the entire right. chord or something like that. So I don't know. I was just, you know, going to point out that, you know, it does up, still uphold some of the traditional uh, standards. That was like part of my, what I'm saying is I get that. Like you, um, Drew and another buddy of ours, Nathan, pretty heavy critics of just kind of formulaic music, whatever. And I get it like, in, and we all love the same music. And then there's, we, we, we differ in some areas, but there's a lot of fucking overlap. Um, but when I hear a song like this, that like, it just catches me, that's, like that, you know, three freaking chords in the truth or whatever you, yeah. you said, Drew. Um, I think of like you and Nathan and, and Steve, to be honest, like um, how it's like, ah, it's just like a formulaic song. But this, I don't know, this one just touches me. Yeah, I mean, it's a formula that I'm not really familiar with. So it's, it's, it's new to me. I mean, well, for, well, for those who do or don't know, I mean, this isn't really my wheelhouse. Um, right. That's what I was trying to get at. Right. Right. I mean, e each and every single one of us has our, you know, genres where we're extremely strong and genres where you just, it just wasn't part of your formative upbringing. And, uh, and that's, you know, part of the journey that the four of us are on as we do all these albums for you guys. That's the thing that's beautiful about our relationship and like with with our friends and obviously it goes way beyond the four of us um, is that like, we don't, there's some spots where we don't overlap, but one guy that doesn't overlap with another guy will, you know, listen to each other's music. It's not like these are now blind spots and there, of course we have blind spots, but it's not like we don't try or listen or sometimes they're like, damn dude, I didn't even notice that until you pointed it out. And it's right. just, a, it's a insanely awesome symbiotic relationship, I guess you could say. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we feed off each other and, right. and uh, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's the way it goes. I mean, I guess, you know, and there's crews all over the country that are saying the same thing about their group of friends right now. Totally. You know, just like, you know, everyone brings their own whatever to the table. And but the but but the but the overlap that we all have is what we we accentuate. And when we do that, it's like freaking 20 of us at a show. Yeah. Loving life. Staying it's around awesome. a charcoal grill on fire, you know, in the driveway. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like a uh, um, yeah. What's the um, the Hank Hill show? Um King of the standing hill. outside king of the hill yeah king, king of the, of the hill. hill standing outside now, now standing bobby <laughs> now, now bobby no so let daughter, me get go ahead oh, go, go, ahead. go with the no, next song no. all right well let me just get this last song on the a side out of the way because this one um i i don't know i different days is the last song on the first side of this uh for doing it vinyl wise um i'm curious to do you have any impressions of the song one way or the other, Drew? Uh, no, I don't at the moment. Okay, you don't have to. It's okay. Um, tell me what, like, what, what's your take on this one, Rob? It's just a. a this is like the the just acoustic in Isbell that I dig, right? Um, and, and I dig other yeah. stuff too, but like, I just feel like like almost like on the first tune you said it was like um 
he, he can't hide behind this. You know, there's nothing to hide behind. Mm. And like another show that I saw, so maybe I've seen Isabel three times, but I saw that Tivoli Theater show, which again was an acoustic show. And I don't, he just is captivating when he's up there by himself singing. And, and this is what, this is one of the things I love about Isabel is this type of tune. Yeah, this one, I mean, it, to me, it's got some mystery, right? Like you right. kind of wonder where this where this narrator's coming from, what the perspective is, and kind of what what's leading him to sing about these things in that way. And I don't know, this one always kind of is, it's, it's one of the more curious ones on this album to me, but, you know. Not, not to mention, he uses benzodiazepines in the fucking song, number one. How do you get Try and run that with something? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, well, he makes it work, right? He, um, that's, that's the uh, again, the magic of Jason Isbell, dude. Yeah, well, he probably worked. He probably woodshedded that song for about uh, you know for a few <laughs> oh, weeks before figuring out how to bend that thing in. But he exactly did, right? right. Yeah, well, he, he could have said benzos too, and I would have known exactly what he was talking about. But he used the whole freaking medical term for that shit. I think he's the kind of songwriter now that you can be assured that everything he's doing is completely intentional and nothing calculated. Is, yeah. You know, nothing slipshod, but yeah, this is a cool way to end the first half. And I think, you know, like a lot of these songs that kind of have this like raw, grim undertone, they, it ends up hopeful, you know, like, Absolutely. The, like this song to me, you know, it's, it's the hope and the possibility of new days. Right. Right. Like, and that's the, that's kind of the beauty of it, you know? And I think that that's what his album and where the next eight years of his life took him. Right. It's almost like, and maybe you said this at the beginning, but this whole thing, has got like pieces of like what Jason Isbell was before recovery. And like, maybe this is what he was striving to be or was starting to be. Um, but each one of these songs almost touches on like some of that, like his struggle and he struggled, dude, he got kicked out of a Southern rock band for drinking too much. I mean, you got to drink a lot. You can make it's an like, all-star I, band of that. Right. Indeed. Indeed. So, yeah, I think that wraps up the, uh, that, wraps up the, uh, uh the first half, the first half right? Yeah. The, right on. the side A, yes. Then we'll get to the side, side A. The Music Talents Podcast side A, that is. Uh, we'll come back at you with uh, after the uh, break. Uh, we'll break down the rest of this album. Hey, uh, let's go. Let's go out on um, on different days. Some of yeah, those little guitar licks from different days. Sure. We'll go out on different days and uh, just talk to you in a few minutes. Bye. You Smoke them if you got them. Peace. Staring at the pictures of the runaways on the wall. Seems like these days you couldn't run away at all. And even if you did, what you got to run away to? Just another drunk daddy with a white man's point of view. This is Andrew, one of the hosts from the Music Challenge Podcast, and I want to tell you how you can help us bring you more awesome music commentary episodes. You can subscribe in the listening app of your choice, or you can share this episode with someone you think might dig it. Please leave a rating and review for us on the listening app of your choice, or you can get in touch with us at musicchallengepod at gmail.com. Check us out on Facebook. Just search Music Challenge Pod and like us to follow us. We hope you enjoy the Music Challenge Podcast. And thanks for listening. to the music challenge podcast you were just listening to live oak which is the next song on our 
journey through Jason Isbell's Southeastern. Kevin, yeah, take it away. Yeah. Yeah, this song, I mean, the opening line, oh my God, there's a man who walks beside me. Who He is who I used to be. I used to be before, yeah. And confuses him with me. I mean, it's just like, it's devastating and like, it's kind of self-doubt and yeah. um, This is an interesting song. I don't know. This is another one of those songs where like you can see his songwriting start to inhabit these characters who have complex feelings that are somehow universal and a short story or something. Right. Um, Kind of Dylan esque in that way where there's universal truths embedded in, in some of these things. Reminds me of a, like a, like a passed down lyrical tradition of Mm -hmm. narratives. Uh, Right. Almost like Garcia in the way that he mm -hmm. used to communicate these old narratives, you know, like folklore or whatever, or like old stories. Yes, absolutely. Big time. Yeah. It's the folk part of that kind of triangle I was pushing earlier. I think, right. Like he, figured out a way to kind of roll some of those things into these stories and the palettes that he uses are just varied. And and that's what, that's what's so cool about this one is like, you know, this kind of like civil war era guy comes to town and then does the woman love him or the man he used to be? And that's kind of this, that's, you know, kind of the source of his pain and angst. And it's just incredible. Uh, it's incredible perspective to have as a songwriter. Um, I and, don't know. And, and the whole storytelling thing is a craft in its own. And man, I, t- I should have looked it up during break, but I swear that he went to college and studied creative writing or like English literature or something, or he, he graduated with that. But you can hear it like in his, in his story, crafting, songwriting, poetry. Yeah, he um, reads. In in the in the like you think about the people that did that like James Taylor and um and somebody I'm not a huge fan of but he was a storyteller too in his in his songs of Springsteen like Jerry Garcia that, Jerry Garcia for sure like you think about mm-hmm. like like yeah. Jack Straw or something like that like that's what he's doing here and yeah kind of carrying on that American tradition right, right. well Pure, and then. Like, Pure Americana, dude. Like, right. absolutely pure Americana. Well, and then when those sweeping strings come in, yeah. I mean, um, yeah, it, it kind of gives that guitar solo that extra foreboding feeling. And it's a really, uh, it's a really cool, um, it's, I don't it's know. Cool it's, it's, yeah, it's, cool it's calm and gentle, thing. but like, yeah, right. you can tell it's heavy. And so it's, yeah, it, it's really cool. I don't know. It's. So the next song is songs that she's singing in the shower. Yeah. This has another one of these lines. That's like a dagger. Um, you know, it's another story, right. From, right. from that perspective, that's sort of autobiographical, maybe not right. About this relationship disintegrating. Some, know some truths though. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but the line, there's two types of men in this world and you're neither, and you're of, them. neither of them. Right, dude. It's oh freaking great. And then he says, I had an eighth of a second. What does he say? I had an eighth to of a second. To wonder if he got the joke. Would, yes, dude, like that shit. When he says that, there are two types of men in this world and you're neither of them. And right. then that tying that back into, like, I had an eighth of a second <laughs> It's mm-hmm. fucking great. Well, so basically just, he said it and got dotted in the eye, right? Right. And then, you know, kind of talks about the or car she, ride home where like, right. right. You know, um, it's, I don't know. It's, it, it's achingly painful yes. about the disintegration of a relationship and yep. done with such powerful language. Looks like I'm here with a guy that I judge worse than anyone else. So I pace and I pray and I repeat the mantras that might keep me clean for the day. 
and then kind of using some of those songs as as an allegory um, in the chorus is, I don't know. Um, right. Which brings us to kind of the uh, the next song, uh, which, you know, we were talking about substance abuse in the previous song. Right. Uh, I, I agree with your assessment, Kevin, that the song felt like a 12-step meeting to me. Uh, yeah. Where there were several, yeah. several lines of wisdom in that that would carry over to that. Big time. Uh, Big time. And, I mean, the busted boats... That analogy, right? Like, God bless the busted boats that bring us back. Um, mm-hmm. Thank God they're the boats, even if they're busted. Right. It's uh, it's it's these little nuggets of universal truth that, I don't know, they've been a source of solace to me over the years that I just kind of carry these songs with me and they, I don't know, they, they help me cope. that good they contain those pearls it's a big it's big brother and i don't mean that in the negative like he's watching sort of way but it's like a (laughs) older brother brother, right older brother exactly (laughs) Older, (laughs) older brother kind of tone to it and again other artists Sturgill, who we'll talk about at another time, but he has that same feel where it's almost like it's like your it's like your older brother, like mentoring you, you know, on the path of life. Yeah, right. yeah, it's um, he he. It's a simple song, but it's profound, and uh, I I think it's it's it it clearly kind of um, is a uh, harbinger of his new sobriety, but it's cool. Right. Right on. Super eight. Yeah, that's that's um this is the song that shows he hasn't lost a sense of humor, right? right. Like exactly. I mean he basically catalogs um all of his misdeeds and and uh, I don't know. This song is so fun live, it always um kind of brings the house down toward the end of the show. Yeah. Um, it's just yeah, right? It's a rocker. And I know you've probably seen him quiet a couple of his uh, acoustic quieter shows, but yeah, right. when uh he the can, times he I've can seen rip. him with the big yeah. band, yeah, it's um it's pretty fun and and I don't know, this is um it's somebody who stayed in the actual Super 8 motel before cuz my family was cheap. Just because somebody's evening didn't go so well If I ever get back depressed Better I'll sleep in the county jail I don't want to die in a Super 8 motel Jeez, I feel like yeah. I went through college on Super 8. Uh, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah definitely stayed Probably stayed at a couple during fish shows. Maybe oh, fish yeah. Shows as well, right? Bonnaroo, yeah. I think. Or at least, <laughs> it, 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 well, it, at least slept in the backseat of a car in the parking lot of a Super 8 motel. Something like that. Then we, you probably did at least half of the shit that he did. This <laughs> right. <time>. Absolutely, <laughs> dude. You know I have. Um <sighs> So Yvette is kind of a uh, 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 counter to Super 8. Can you explain that a little bit, Kevin? Yeah, so basically um, there was a song called Daisy May on Here We Rest that dealt with sexual abuse. And so this song deals with sexual abuse um, from a perspective of a high school classmate who notices it and brings a gun to the house to take care of the problem once and for all. Um, so it's really heavy subject matter. Um, and you don't know whether or not the kid pulls the trigger at the end of the day. You're kind of left up to your own devices to make that decision. It's kind of an incredibly compelling song. Right. 
you know, and it's got a really cool slide solo, um, just that kind of, you know, brings it home, but... It's heavy and it's um, right. It's definitely deep uh, subject matter, here. and and that's obviously a theme for the way Isabel Isabel writes. And I don't want to like. I know we have one more tune to talk about on this record, but I don't want this to to slip away. Is something more than free, which is the next record. Am I right chronologically after mm-hmm. this one? Continues this unbelievable storytelling. So that's another great listen after you listen to Southeastern. I suggest if you don't know Isabel, I would do it in that order just because I did it in that order and I fucking love them. But anyways, um, listen to this Southeastern and then listen to something more than free. It's, and you'll be also be equally as blown away. It's a, it's a pair of unbelievable records. Oh, and I think one of the hallmarks of a great record is that you get a payoff at the end of it. And um, the last song in this album is perhaps my favorite um, of all of his songs and certainly a song that is, is an incredibly powerful song to the point where this is another one that I've just teared up hearing it and I, I yeah. still do. Um, and that's relatively easy. Um it's just chock full of great lyrics. Um, I don't know. It almost sounded like you. It almost sounded like you were finishing your sentence with "relatively easy," but the tune, the track, is called "relatively easy." That's awesome. So, <laughs> so before I before I go off too much on this, Andrew, I'm curious to hear what your take is as somebody who might have heard this song for the first time. Um, uh, it reminds me a lot of the first track. Uh, as well, though, it, it does contain some nifty guitar work uh, at the end yeah. of it. Uh, yeah. The slide guitar stuff uh, is not easy, uh, even though it looks a little easy. But, uh, I mean, it's really easy to make a noise right. doing anything, but it's hard to make a noise while doing something. And uh, right. it definitely sounds cool. Uh, see, one thing is I'm not a lyric guy. I mean, I'm just, it did just go over my head. I'm too ADD or something right. like that, you know, to, so like some of that wisdom at moments, uh, I, I, I should say. It blows uh, right by you is what you're saying. Like you just don't, it doesn't compute right. almost. No, right. the third listening, I'll get more of it. The fourth listening, I'll get more of it. Sure. The fifth listening, I'll get more of it, but it certainly doesn't happen in one sweep, you know? Right, uh, right, right. So, um, I'm a little handicapped in the Isbell category in that way, since, you know, such a huge mm-hmm. part of his arsenal it, is his, you know, songwriting. It's just right. And, and, and that's something obviously that takes, you know, listens as well too, because you're catching stuff, you know, 40 listens in like, Oh, I didn't notice he said that. Or, you know, and that's again, the earmark of something Sturgill stuff does that to me. I can listen to his stuff over and over again. I can listen to better modern sounds over and fucking over again. I never get tired of it. And you're always noticing something cool, like, because it's also subtle and calculated and beautifully written. And I mean, Isabel is just, he blows me away. Well, and before I have to mention um, the, just the, the verse in this song that gets oh, me yes. every goddamn time and you got to play it, Andrew. I lost a good friend Christmas time when folks go off the deep end This woman took the kids and he took on a pen Enough to kill a man of twice his size Not for me to understand Remember him when he was still a bride
Yeah. And so upon hearing that, I, I pretty much tear up every time in concert, you know. Um, and what's that, what's that verse? Do you have it handy that you could, you could say it? Well, we're going to cut this out now, but I thought Andrew was going to play it. No, I I got got you. I got it. I got where it's at. Um, But yeah, basically, you know, I, I mean, I got to see him do these songs when this was his latest album. I saw two live shows um, in 2014. And when he played this, it brought a tear to my eye both times. Um, you where know, did you where did you see him play on that tour? Like what venues? That so the know? first time, um, I, it was funny because he was nowhere near Chicago, and I loved it so much. I just I conned Jen into taking a couple of road trips, and so the first one I took was in uh, I think February of 2014. We did okay. a weekend in Madison, Wisconsin. And that's a great place to see a show. And was it, that, I, it was that old porno theater. Um, yeah. Like String cheese used to play at. Yeah. Uh, I forgot the I, name of the place. I, I saw a team. Madison, the, was it, it Madison, was Wisconsin? It? Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, I thought it was called the Madison theater. My fault. It might've been. I, yeah. It might've been. That's where I saw Tame Impala with Nate, with our friends, Nate and Ann. So it, the balcony wasn't even full and we just had the front row of the balcony all night and the wow. floor was kind of sparse. And so uh, we were basically kind of, you know, like this was when Jason and Amanda were literally at the merch tent at the merch table. They okay. were still that, sure. kinda, you know, not right. big yet. But right. what happened was the night after we got, or the day after we got home, there was an incident that show that went viral, um, which was kind of cool, <laughs> um, where he broke up a fight on the floor and like no shit guys to like cut it out. So it was cool. And then I saw him at the Ryman after that. Oh, um, Jesus yeah. I had like, yeah, I had like sixth row at the Ryman and saw what? him before he, before like it was his first residency. And so oh I just, my God. Nice. bought a pair of tickets, sold the first night um, uh, and went to the second night. Uh, first night paid for both nights, but um, we didn't hung out. Play, in the, first night play we hung out in a South bar. Eastern start to finish or something mm-hmm. that night that you sold. He did. Um, he played this entire album and on some level, that's a bummer that I missed it. But the next night I got like a deep cut show and he released right. it on Bandcamp, and it's amazing. And I'd nice. much rather listen to that than a yeah. live version yeah. of Southeastern. For so sure. It's cool. Right. But yeah, I mean, I've seen him pretty much. I think this was the first tour. I haven't seen him since Southeastern. I've um, just because of, it was like a Sunday night or something, but right. Yeah. All right. You guys uh, got any parting thoughts? Um, Kevin, go ahead. I'll say a little something. Rob was right. Like if you, if these songs do anything for you, if you're a John Prine fan, if you know, you like this kind of songwriting, um, you have to listen to something more than free. Just follow his catalog all the way through and you won't be disappointed. He just recently released an album full of covers from Georgia artists as well. Yes. Um, and, it's, and it's amazing. so worth a listen. So yeah. worth a listen. Yeah. Right I on. mean, he does driver eight. And- One of my favorite REM tunes. I was blown the fuck away when, when, when Kevin sent that to me, I was like, Jesus Christ. Um, anything to say, Rob? Um, yeah. I was actually going to mention that record. I didn't know the name of it, but, but uh, I, I was hoping to mention that. Um, and guys, again, this was my portal or one of my portals into some heavier country sounding or country twanging kind of singer songwriter music, Americana. And it's opened my eyes to a lot of beautiful, beautiful music. Um, and this being one of the catalysts. Right on, right on. Well, hey, it's been uh, an amazing dip into Americana tonight as kevin would say the intersection of folk rock and country and uh so if you're new to it and you liked it uh probably get some more of it here and there uh but uh you know take a look at acts like sturgill sturgill simpson Simpson, I don't know why I'm stammering on that uh you know and uh just check it out so uh, for this episode of the Music Challenge Podcast, uh, we thank you for tuning in 
and uh, for Rob, Kevin, and uh, I was about to say Jed. Uh, Rob and, and Jed. Kevin. Yeah. And Jed, too. Yeah. Jed, peace too. Jed. Jed, too. Yeah, peace to Jed. Not here at night. Uh, but from the three of us to you, thank you very much for tuning in, and good night. Good night, y'all. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.